Hello, my friends. Welcome. My name is Joe. This is The Joe Martino Show. If you haven't been here before, I do want to welcome you. If you've been listening for a while, welcome back. I want to talk today about some emails that I got in regards to parenting to power. How do we parent if we're not going to parent to power or emotions? What do we do with technology? Let's kick it off. This is The Joe Martino Show. You're listening to The Joe Martino Show, a podcast dealing with all things emotional, relational, and human nature. Joe is a licensed counselor in the state of Michigan, specializing in relationship therapy. He is also the author of the book, The Emotionally Secure Couple. All advice offered in this episode is offered for entertainment and educational purposes only. Enjoy the show. Okay, lots to talk about today. Didn't get to do an episode last week. Something came up at the last moment. Working on the episode uh, this week. Had one ready to go, decided to go a different route because I was going to go a different route last week. I want to uh, talk a little bit about my episode two weeks ago where I talked about parenting, things you need to do, you avoid the behaviors you don't like, you enforce the behaviors that you do like. And I talked about uh, not parenting to power, not parenting to position. And I got some letters about that and I want to read them. Okay, so someone wrote in. They asked me not to use their name. They actually told me because of HIPAA, I couldn't use their name. That's not actually accurate. HIPAA is about medical privacy, not writing into a podcast show. But they did write this. Dear Joe, in your podcast about parenting this past week, you said that if I say, quote, I'm the parent, I've lost already, end quote. That seems strange to me. I am the parent. I do have authority. I do get to tell them what to do. Don't you have to obey the police officer because she is the police? Don't you have to pay taxes because they're the government? Don't you have to do things because your boss said so? I bet your kids are spoiled brats. With technology and social media, our kids need a more firm hand, not less. They need to be directed and taught and punished so that they can grow up to be helpful human beings. And the letter goes on. I'm not going to read it all. I'm really trying to keep the tone out of my voice. I realize I I failed it a bit there when I was reading it. Let's just see if I can answer this email. And actually, it wasn't the only email that I got or letter that I got uh, along those lines. So here would be my questions to this person that wrote in. Do you want a relationship with your children as though you're the police officer or the judge or, or, or the government IRS, is that really the relationship you're looking for? Because it's not the relationship that I'm looking for. And that's what I mean by loss. One of the things that I think we do as parents is we parent to our fear rather than to the child's development. And so when I said you've already lost, that's exactly what I meant. Most of the arguments I hear for parenting behaviors that I feel are inappropriate, even when I bring it up, a lot of times the argument that comes back to me isn't an argument about why that behavior is right. It's a pragmatic behavior. And most of the people that I talk to don't want their children to make pragmatic decisions, but yet they're modeling those pragmatic decisions. Because it's about, well, I'm the parent, uh, I needed quiet, which, okay. But there's a better way to lay out, hey, I need quiet, than quiet. Uh, It's called guilt-based parenting, right? I work all these hours for you and you can't be quiet for me. That's guilt-based parenting. Now look, and and here's the thing in our society, we're not allowed to talk about things where we we feel guilty about. 
because we've taken shame and we've ran too far with it. And so we parent to fear and then we can't be critiqued. And, and that leads to problems. Even this email that I read to you, I'm going to make some assumptions. I'm going to assume that the person wants what's best for their kids. I'm going to assume that the person wants to raise healthy adults. But what did they do? They went on the attack and they attacked four kids that they don't even know, right? I bet your kids are spoiled brats. And I'm not even bringing that up because I'm mad. I'm bringing that up because it illustrates that the other person is afraid. They're parenting to fear. And if you want to raise the children that you want and you want them to be as healthy as possible, you have to parent away from fear. You have to parent towards principles, towards values. So rather than telling my kids, you have to do this because I'm the parent, you have to do this because here's the benefit to you as an adult. Here's the benefit to society when you learn this skill. Or it's just part of living here. Like a couple weeks ago, we we're doing a project. I told my kids, I was like, hey, you have to help. It's just part of being here. It's part of living here. We're improving the house. We're improving our living situation. Uh, and we need your help. You have to help. There, there's no, like you may or may not do this when you're an adult. Maybe you'll be in a position where you can pay somebody to come do all of your home remodeling. Maybe you'll be in a position uh, where, you know, you rent and so you can't do this type of remodeling. I don't know and I don't care, but but you'll have to do things that that certain things no one likes to do, but you do them because you live with other people. You live, it's just part of being in a clean living environment, right? And so there is that reason and I'll go after that. But when you, when you play the authority card, you lose because you're not teaching anymore, you're forcing. May I actually suggest you're manipulating. You're no longer teaching. And there was, a, there was an ancient who once wrote, wrote, train up your child in the way that they should go. Training involves teaching. Now, yeah. Now, the other thing I will say is that uh, the, the writer used the word punish. And actually, I went and looked. And I got seven emails that were almost word for word the same. And, uh, well, I mean, not, the, 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 the beef was the same. Their complaint was the same. And, and five of them used the word punish. I don't know that punishment's the word we're looking for here. Most of the time, the word we're looking for is discipline. We want to teach our children discipline. And once we give ourselves the pass that we can do whatever we need to do to get the behavior that we want because, quote, we're the parent, we've lost, we've not only lost the teaching moment, but we've actually lost a modeling moment We've, we've lost a moment where we can model to our children what should happen when we're experiencing extreme emotions. And, and, and the biggest problem that I see, and this is what I was trying to say two weeks ago, is that parents engage in the same behaviors that they're punishing their kids for, and then they wonder why their kids utilize those behaviors when they don't get what they want. So the parent that screams is shocked that they have a child that screams. The parent that, that doesn't talk to their spouse or their children when they're mad for three days is shocked that their child doesn't talk. Like, honestly, when I'm in a counseling room, I don't say it quite like this, but are you kidding me? Or, or even the spanking thing. And I know that this, this particular uh, letter wasn't about spanking. I did get a few with the interview that I did with Catherine Bell regarding her book and spanking. Uh but, but even that argument is less about why spanking is right. Sometimes I, I do have, I have three friends that, that will argue their side of why they think it's right. They rarely get into results. 
In other words, just because something, quote, turned out okay, it doesn't mean you made the right decision. Sometimes it means you made the wrong decision and you just got lucky. Because something turned out wrong doesn't mean you made the wrong decision. Sometimes you make the right decision and things go bad. You just got unlucky. Right? And so a lot of these arguments like, well, I'm the parent or I got spanked and I turned out okay. I don't usually find that to be true. And I'm not, look, I will, here's the thing. I'm not judging you. I promise. I was a pro spanking parent. I think about this a lot. My oldest daughter is uh, starting college this year. Uh, she's dual enrolled. So three days a week, she goes to class on, on a local campus. And two days a week, she goes to school here at the high school. Uh, and then she engages in some virtual learning because, because of COVID for the virtual learning, the, the hybrid plan that a lot of mission schools were forced to do. But I spanked her. And I regret it. And here's the thing. I stopped not because like aliens took over my body, but people started to actually debate with me. Adults, my wife, uh, other people. Actually, Catherine Bell actually gave me a book called Spare the Rod that talks about uh, a lot of the science uh, with spanking. And, and I came to the conclusion that I don't, there, there are inconsistencies in it that I don't understand. Right? It's wrong for you to hit someone, but I can hit you because I'm an authority. And I once had somebody tell me, well, kids inherently recognize that uh, they're not dumb. They inherently recognize that there are things authorities can do that, that they can't. Yeah, but like we're talking about a moral code, we're talking about moral values. And that's what we should parent to. A moral code, moral values. Everything we do should be designed to teach our kids values. It should be designed to do two things, in my opinion. Create emotional security and teach our kids values. Now look, my wife and I aren't perfect. We mess up, me way more than her. But the purpose is I can't come back and say, well, I did that and it's okay because I'm the parent. That's what I mean by you lost. Uh, Mr. Anonymous Writer or Miss Anonymous Writer. I want to say this part again. I really want to emphasize it. Kids live what they learn and they learn what they live. So the behaviors that you exhibit when you're distressed, they are far more likely to exhibit when they're stressed. Now, certainly it's not 100%. There is, uh, I have four children. They all react to stress differently. Ironically, probably my youngest is the most interesting for me to watch right now because he is only seven. And like one day, like I, I was yelling at him and he just looked at me and said, could you please not yell at me? And would you just talk to me so that I can understand you? I was like, yeah, okay. So that's my seven-year-old, right? Uh, getting called to task by my seven-year-old. You have to look at your behaviors and your behaviors need to model the behaviors that you want them to have when they're adults and when they're distressed. When they're distressed at 6 and 7 and 13 and 20 and 35. And speaking of behaviors that we want to model, if I were having a physical conversation with this person, I would ask them, what would you do if your children called other children spoiled brats? Or if I called your children whom I've never met spoiled brats? What would you 
what would you do? See, and, and that becomes the disconnect. And yes, typically when I'm having this conversation with people, they're like, well, don't we all do that? Well, sure. But isn't that why we are striving to be better? Isn't that why we're striving to make ourselves better? Shouldn't we hold ourselves to a higher standard? In fact, one of the things that I believe is that people who claim to be teachers are are held to a higher standard. And I don't mean the teachers at your local high school. I mean people who are teaching anyone. And you're teaching your children that it's okay if someone says something you don't like, it's okay to call their kids names. It's okay to call them names. If you don't like Trump and someone else does, it's okay if you call them names. If you don't like Joe Biden and someone else does, it's okay to call them names. And our country is divided because here's what we've tried to do. We've tried to legislate agreement and you can't do that. We've tried to make it so you can't be offended and we can't do that. We have to, what we need to do is we need to learn how to live in disagreement. And so you can disagree with me. You can Tell your kids every time, I don't think anybody's doing this, I hope not, but every time, it's because I'm the parent. And if you want to do that, that's fine. But I would encourage you to consider the idea that you need to teach the majority of the time to principles and to outcomes. Even if it's something as innocuous as they're being too loud, or you need to rest, or they're not being considerate, deal with the character. Teach to the character. Train to the character. You will find better results in the long term with that. I guarantee it. You'll Now, you might get to the same results. The thing is, I agree with people like, well, there are more than one way to get to the same results. I agree. But what way leaves the least amount of wounds? I was talking to somebody, and I am a huge advocate of small government. I don't like big government. And a friend of mine who's more liberal than me was like, well, but small government was bad too. There was a lot of terrible things when we had small government. I agree. That's why I want it small, because it limits the impact. It limits the amount of wounds. And when I parent, I want to parent to the small if I can. I want to parent, like one of the things that, that just always amazes me is parents make their decision, their kids' decisions for them all the way up till the time they're 18, and then they don't understand why they have uh, adults with failure to launch or the inability to make decisions. I know a kid who was an Eagle Scout because his mom pushed him through the system. His mom did a lot of the work for him at home. He, he is a good guy. He made good decisions, was a good kid. But when he became an adult, he couldn't make decisions. He he lived in his in-law's basement for years because he couldn't make decisions. Because kids live what they learn and they learn what they live. And if you're engaging in the very behaviors that you want them to learn, or as we're talking about here, or you're not allowing them to make decisions and fail and experience the natural consequences of them, they're not going to have a decision-making muscle. Nothing's perfect. There's no perfect system. I get it. There's no perfect parent. I was talking to somebody just yesterday, and, and her adult child was telling her all the things that she did wrong. And I'm like, well, he doesn't have kids yet he'll figure out like some of these things are just part of life. You're doing the best that you can with what you have. And I'm for that. I believe that I support that reality, but we have to come to the place where we can look at it and say, wait, but maybe this is leaving more wounds than it should. Maybe this is creating more counseling clients than it should. We cannot parent to fear any more than we can live to fear. If you want proof that we live to fear, look at how we've responded to COVID-19 by and large. It's like we're addicted to being afraid. And I know in the past I've said we're addicted to outrage, and I agree with that still. But 
you know, the argument, well, if it saves one life, we, we heard that a lot during COVID. But we don't apply that anywhere else in life. We should all stop driving then. Because if it saves one life, and I don't know if you know this or not, but for literally millennia, people got around without cars, no engines. So if it saves one life, isn't it worth giving up our cars? We don't do that, and that would be silly. But we tend to parent that way. We tend to live that way. And living to fear is a cancer that eats away, right? Uh, I've worked with couples that are in the dating phase for years, and and one of them wants to get married, and the other one's afraid that it might go badly. So they don't want to get married. But they're not really protecting themselves from anything. There's a guy that writes books on, on financial matters. And one of the things that he talks about a lot is one of the things that keeps people from experiencing success in their finances is that they're afraid to lose money. And in being afraid to lose money, they they don't do anything with it and they lose their money. They're they're afraid to die broke and they die broke because they never made money work. And people get mad at him when he says it, but I got to be honest, I agree with him. And it's the same thing with parenting. If we parent to fear... Well, I'm the parent. That's parenting to power, but we parent to power because we're afraid. We're missing an opportunity. Hey, you need to do this. And yes, I want to be really clear on this. My kids get consequences. My kids have consequences for the things that they do. In fact, one of the things that I really believe is important is you tell your kids, hey, here's here's what you need to do. If you do it, these are the consequences. If you don't do it, these are the consequences. And... People get really angry when I say that, and I'm always amazed that my religious friends get mad. The entire book of Deuteronomy, which is an Old Testament book, is all about like, hey, if you do this, here are the good consequences, but if you do this, here are the bad consequences. And and people get angry. And I'm like, wait, 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 what are you doing? You can't get angry about this. We're talking about ways to parent, right? And so if we parent to fear or power, we're probably not teaching. If we're living to fear or power, we're probably not teaching. Which brings me to technology, uh, because the writer talked about that with technology today. Our kids need to be, you know, more protected, blah, blah, blah. I don't remember exactly what it said. Uh, okay, I'm down with that. But what does that mean? And, and most of the time, my wife and I have just made peace with the fact that we are in the minority when it comes to how we handle technology. I don't have screen time rules for my son. Ugh. I don't. I don't have screen time rules for my daughters. <gasps> I wish I had like the sound effects of like like crowds taking the deep gasp. That would be cool. And, and here's the thing. My kid plays with his toys as m- more often than not, like his trucks and his Legos and those types of things. My daughters engage in long conversations more often than not. And, and a couple years ago, I, I, used to be, uh, I used to be invited to speak at an organization on how parents could navigate their children and technology. And, and I flat out said, do away with screen time rules by and large and let your kids, teach your kids regulation. There's a difference there. And one of the people who's on the board said to me, well, if I hear you right, what you're saying is I should just let my, my I think it was his 10-year-old, be on, the phone, be on his phone for 10 hours, which I'm not going to do. Okay, that's your choice, but that is exactly what I'm suggesting. Because your, your 10-year-old, your son, won't be on the device for 10 hours. And the more strict your rules are, the more likely he is to push on them and try to figure out ways to get around them. Where if you just are like, hey, this is not a big deal. Go be on it. 
and I expect you to do things, other things, kids tend to rise to that. Now, maybe that first day he'd be on it for 10 hours, maybe even three days in a row. I really doubt it though. Because eventually it's just, okay, whatever. And I go do something else. It's it's a very interesting uh, concept. When I was a kid, one of the things that, that was zero tolerance was alcohol. You're right. No alcohol in the home. Uh, you're not allowed to hang out with people that drank alcohol. And not really my family. I mean, my family too, but the culture. And here's what, here's what research shows. That culture produces more 20-something alcoholics than the culture that's like, hey, alcohol is just part of life. It's something that you can, you, it's just part of our life. And you could sip it maybe, you know, there are some research that says like European countries where kids, you know, they get drinks at special occasions or a sip here and there. It produces less alcoholics. Now, alcoholism is still a problem. Certainly, I'm not advocating that. But one of the things that we have to do when we, when we talk about technology, we have to ask ourselves, are we making rules to power or are we making rules to values and who we want the kid to become? And are we teaching the kid to self-regulate? And I mean, the obvious question here is, okay, well, what does that mean? How do we parent to principles? Well, how do we live to principles? Part of it is we have to look at the long game, right? There's, and I've talked about this in the past, there is this principle, a Hebrew principle called the Akrit, which is to look at the end from the beginning. And so one of the questions that we want to uh, you know, process through is what does it look like to parent to the adult? So what is it that we want the child to do? And, and honestly, you know, a lot of the stuff with technology, and I, 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 I stupidly got engaged in a conversation a little while ago with people who, to their credit, were very honest up front about, hey, look, I pretty much have my opinion and I'm not looking to change it, which is fine. But the arguments I hear are what frustrate me because I hear things like, well, you know, they can't. They can't stop themselves. Then, then for very, very, very few people is that true because then otherwise there's no hope. Well, they can't stop themselves when they're 10. Okay, we could talk about that, but how do they stop themselves to do other things? I think I've shared the story of the lacrosse player that I was working with who told me that he just couldn't help cussing at his parents. And and I said to him, I said, well, it must be awful to be your teammate. And he said, well, why? And I said, well, because, you know, from what I understand, referees, lacrosse referees in, in Michigan aren't very good. And he went on for about 10 minutes about all the different stories that he had for me. And I was like, well, doesn't that make you mad? And he said, well, yeah. And I said, well, you just told me you can't help but cussing when you get mad. And cussing gets you kicked out of game. So it must suck to be your teammate. And he said to me, I've never gotten kicked out of a game for cussing. Well, then you can control yourself. And so this idea that kids can't regulate themselves, I just don't buy it. It's, I really, truly believe one of the reasons that we have adults with failure to launch is because we don't teach our kids to engage in the decision-making process. We don't teach our children to regulate themselves. We don't. We do it for them. We act as the regulator. Right? So if you, if you rent a rental truck, they typically put a regulator on the engine that you can't go above a certain uh, mile per hour. That's not you controlling the truck. That's something else. And maybe that's what you want to do with your kids. To be honest with you, I don't. I want my kids to learn to regulate themselves because I've met too many 18 to 45-year-olds that can't regulate themselves because there's no artificial source of regulation. And I don't want that for my kids. I don't want that for your kids. So when we talk about technology, yeah, monitor it all. I totally agree. Monitor everything you can. 
But this whole, okay, well, you can be on, you can be on technology from 5 to 5.30, but at 5.31, you have to get off. Or you can't be on it in the summer because you have to be outside. Here's the funny thing. What if you just let them be on technology and you went outside? I bet you they'd follow you. And, and my own son, that, that's him. My own kids, that's them. They all get devices around fourth grade. Now, my son is not even in fourth grade. He's going to start second grade. And he is, uh, he's had a device for years. And it's interesting. It's just part of his day. But at the same time, like two nights ago, I got home and he was riding his bike around the yard. His device was somewhere in the house. And then when we went in the house, he was playing with his trucks. And then when he got done playing with his trucks, he played with his planes. And, and there was no artificial like, hey, dude, get off your phone. Now, it's not really a phone. It's a phone that it's an old phone that he uses to play games. And people are like, well, what about social media? Yeah, yeah, that's a difficult thing to navigate. And, and we have to watch it. You know, uh, I, I, my kids have some, they, they get social media over time. And, and there's rules. I get to look through their phone because I pay for it. I own the phone. In fact, my one daughter's phone's name is uh, the phone that dad owns used by daughter's name. But again, we have, we have reasons that we actually express to our children, that we share with them, here's what we're looking at, here's how this works, technology isn't going anywhere, and, and you, know, you can have all the rules you want, you can say, oh, you're not allowed to play video games, and I've look, look, all the arguments we're making about phones today, we've heard about gaming systems before, we've heard about uh, television shows before, we've heard about computers before, and people are like, in fact, in the conversation, somebody said, well, I don't think it's the same, they just have a much more access. I agree it's not the same, but the argument is the same. You need to learn to listen to what's being said, and the argument's the same. There was a time in this country that it was considered bad if you read too many novels and you could be put in a mental hospital. And, and so those arguments are the same, and they don't hold a whole lot of water for me. You know, I, I've never been invited back to the, uh, the event bridging the gap between parents and technology. I think because I didn't join in line. I really do think that, and maybe it's not true. Maybe they just went with people who don't have any expertise in the field, coincidentally happen to have very different beliefs. So I've made my peace with this because technology isn't going anywhere. And I'm telling you as a counselor, what we're doing isn't working the way we think it is. I cannot tell you how many clients I've had, how many clients I know other therapists have had, where their parents have all these weird rules around phones. They still find a way to get to all the stuff that the parents are afraid of. And usually it's more enticing. There's an old, old proverb, actually not a proverb, but a directive written uh, thousands of years ago that says, parents, don't exasperate your children to anger. And I'm amazed at how many people just ignore that verse. They don't want to touch it. They don't want to touch the idea that, you know what, what you're doing is actually exasperating your children. You're setting up rules that you yourself don't follow or that are about your fear, your power, your control. There's so many parents that are afraid their kids are going to end up like them. And so they try to control them. They try to take away all the options because if there are no options, then they can't make a bad one. One of the hardest truths of parenting is we can't own outcomes. There's no such thing as I can guarantee you do these things and your kid's going to turn out this way or not make bad choices. Because anything can happen. Any trauma can happen. Any person you trust could do something unthinkable. But one of the things that we do know, research proves, right? And the problem with that is we can pull up, well, research proves this, research proves that. 
teaching people to make decisions when they have a safety net, i.e. when they're living at home, and then helping them process through the consequences of those decisions has better outcomes than, in, than inhibiting their ability to make the decisions that could lead to failure. And so you can make whatever rule you want for technology. I don't make a lot of rules. Yes, I've taken my children's phone. I just did it like two weeks ago. I took their phones for a little while for like a half a day. Uh, I, you can do whatever you want. You can make any decision you want. But the over, hopefully the, the, the message that is the overarching uh, idea in this episode that I hope is getting through is whatever you're doing, do it to principles. So we have family dinner together. And there are times that we say to our kids, no, you can't go to a friend's house because we need family time because family is a priority. And we sit down and we talk, hey, what's going on in your life? And not just like how a school, like, well, how do you feel about that? What are your uh, emotions? How's your emotional response to that? What's going on? And, and so that's something that we value, that we want our children to value. One of my daughters is when she's angry is not a talker. She's a, a, a shutter upper. And so when she was younger, a lot of times she would get angry and she wouldn't talk. And at first I was really frustrated by this because I'm like a let's go, 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 go. And then I realized, wait, she's processing. And I would tell her, I get it that you're processing, but you still have to talk to me. And if she wouldn't talk to me, I would take her phone. And she would say to me, now here's the thing I didn't take it and say, well, because I'm the parent. I took it and I said to her, she would say to me, why are you taking my phone? I wasn't even doing anything with it. I would say, I agree. But it's something you care about and I need some leverage with you because you have to talk to me. You have to learn to process your disagreement with me. And she would say, why? And I would say, because someday you're going to be married. You're going to be an adult and you're going to be at work and you're going to have conflict and you've got to be able to talk it out. And having a phone is a privilege. It's not a requirement. It's not a need. I'm meeting all your needs, but here's a privilege. And so you can't just have the privilege. I need something that helps you focus. Now she's older. I just tell her, look, you got to talk to me. And you have like, you know, what, how much time do you think you need until you're ready to talk to me? We've got to talk about whatever this is. And she knows why. I don't have to tell her because we've already addressed that principle. And so hopefully the overarching message today is, look, you can have any rule you want. You can do almost anything you want as a parent. I, I, I don't get a lot of say in that. But I'm telling you, I'm begging you, do it to principles, not to power or fear. Please. And, and I wanted to talk about COVID today. We're not going to get a chance. But I, I do want you to consider, are you sharing the principles of why you're doing what you're doing with your kids? What's the principle behind it? And a lot of times the pushback I get from parents is, I don't know what the principle is. Okay, then you have work to do, and that's okay. And again, look, everybody I know, even people who are totally on board with me, we mess up. But how are you going to handle your child creating emotions in you that you don't like? Because however you handle that, you're, gonna, you're teaching them how to handle the emotions in them that other people create that they don't like. Hopefully this all makes sense. Uh, this is actually the second time I've recorded it. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, incredibly important ideas here. Dealing with principles, living out of principles, values-based living. I want to thank you so much for listening. Uh, if you enjoyed this, please share it with your friends. And uh, we'll catch you next week. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's show, please share with a friend. And hey, give us that rating in your podcast store. 
Until next time, change possible.